You're tuning in to another episode of Wildlife Wonders Podcast. Sit back and relax, because today we're going to learn animal facts. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Wildlife Wonders Podcast. Woo! I'm your host, the one, the only, Siriana. And I'm coming back to you in a new year, you guys. It is 2023. It's a weird ring to it, but we're ready. It's great things coming for this podcast. I am looking forward to growing the podcast, expanding my audience, and just doing a lot of new things this year um, for the podcast and for myself because we deserve to be great as well. That being said, um, this is the first episode of the new year and it's also the last episode of the cycle of classes. Let me Let me try to clarify that. So I've been going through the animal classes, mammal, reptile, invertebrate, um, and going through those classes. And I've did it once already. And I'm this is the second time going through. And I think I want to do something different after, after this episode. But y'all will find out later what we will be doing with that. But that being said, this is the last animal um, last animal class of the second cycle of going through it. And we are going to be talking about an amphibian today. So, um, going back, um, I just want to say thank you before we even go into it. Thank you to everyone that takes the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you to everyone that takes the time to tell someone else about this podcast, um, that gives feedback, that follows my pages, which you can find me at Wildlife Wonders Podcast on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook page yet, you guys, and I don't have a Twitter. I don't have a TikTok. So if you see someone else with that podcast, then it's not me. Um, But we'll get there and then you can follow me there as well. Thank you to everyone, each and every one of you that have done something. It doesn't matter how small or how big to support this podcast. I appreciate you like for real, but nonetheless, um, it's, I'm looking to grow this podcast even more. Also, that being said, um, my birthday is on Monday, January 9th. Shout out to the Capricorns out there. And one of my birthday wishes for Everyone that listens to this podcast, everyone that knows about the podcast, is share the podcast with a friend. It's something small that anyone can do. You don't need a following. You can do it by word of mouth. You can send it to them on Instagram. You can tell them. I repost some of the stuff on Facebook. You can tell them on Facebook. Or just like, hey, mention like, hey, you like animals? There's this podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. Other than that, just more life and more happiness. And I want to keep giving y'all the facts. So without further ado... We will be talking about the Goliath frog. The scientific name is the Conray Goliath, um, if you want to know. But yeah, the Goliath frog is the largest frog in the world. Not in the U.S., not across the Atlantic, in the world. The largest frog in the world. This is a big frog. Also, it's known as the Goliath bullfrog. It's also known as the giant slippery frog. But before we get into it, um, I do want to go back and remind people the difference between reptiles and amphibians. Uh, Reptiles are typically your lizards and your snakes. um, Your iguana is a reptile type of lizard. But I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know why only only lizards and snakes are popping my heads, but there are other ones out there, you guys. Um, those are your reptiles. Your amphibians are usually your toads. Um, they're usually your toads, frogs, 
salamanders, exotl. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but y'all probably seen the cute little amphibian in the water. Um, those are some of your amphibians. The difference between amphibians and reptiles, for the most part, amphibians live, amphibians live on earth and on land or earth, whatever you want to call it, on land and in the water. They are able to live in both environments. They do have gills. They form from little tadpoles, typically for frogs and toads, but they form from little tadpoles and they have gills. So they're able to breathe in the water and on land. They stay in both. They might hunt on both depending on the animal, or they might stay in one area more than other, but they can do both. Also with amphibians, unlike reptiles, reptiles have scales and they're dry on the outside. I mean, they live on the earth and also with reptiles, they have lungs. Um, with amphibians, amphibians are moist. They stay moist. They're, so they're, if their skin doesn't dry, if their skin dries out, it's very bad for them. So their skin is usually moist. It's um, usually like a lot of frogs have like a mucous membrane or mucus kind of feeling on them. Um, so that's the main differences between the two groups. Of course, there's a lot of other differences you could pinpoint down. And if you want to know more about the differences between the classes, you can always go back to my first episode. It is an introductory episode that I go over the different classes of animals and the difference between all of them. So if you do want to know more or you want to get more specific into the nitty gritty, go back to episode one and watch that and then come back here or watch this and then go there. However you want to do it. I really don't care. But um, that's a little bit about the difference. Now, about this frog specifically. This frog specifically is eight to 12 and a half inches long. Now, that's with its um, legs bunched up. When their legs are extended, the legs are extended 29 and a half inches long. You guys, this is a huge frog. Okay. It's a huge frog. Um, they also can weigh anywhere from six to 7.2 pounds. Um, there has been differences in this and I, uh, times have changed. These frogs have been around for forever, but times have changed, I guess what their food ability, um, food availability has changed and how they go about their daily life has kind of modified over the years. So that might be why sometimes now in the wild, you're seeing slightly smaller ones. And that could be for a number of reasons. Um, evolution, time change, deforestation, um, like I said, food availability. So who knows? But regardless, so they're kind of, they're big frogs. They are flat and kind of on their head. It's kind of like a triangular flat head. Um, they are greenish brown near their back, their backside. Um, so back here is greenish brown. And then closer to their stomach, they're more of a yellowish green. There might be a little more green there. Of course, as with a lot of animals, as animals mature, sometimes their coloring can change. Um, but for the most part, that's what most of them look like. They are mostly in Western Africa. They can be found in Cameroon. They can be found in um, Equatorial Guinea. Um, typically they are found near waterfalls and streams. They love waterfalls, love streams. Waterfalls are pretty, like who wouldn't love a waterfall? Um, but in a rainforest, I guess more tropical area of that, but even in those areas, like I said, mostly waterfalls and the, um, springs, they have a preference for that. And while they're there, for the most part, um, they, frogs in general have excellent night vision, but they also get spooked very easily by humans. So I guess there's a good amount of information on them being that they have been in captivity, um, 
now and in the past, but people also catch them for food and other stuff like that. So there is research on there. Some things that were gappish or inconsistent in my findings. And I believe part of that was because um, they, they get spooked easily by humans. They're also kind of nocturnal. They come out in the day, but they're mostly coming out at night to hunt. So that's another thing. It's kind of hard to find information, I guess, in that sense. But we do have information on their diet. They are omnivores. They eat, um, it sounds like they, when I looked it up, it sounds like they eat anything that's pretty much available. Um, they eat frogs, they eat amphi- uh, other amphibians, they eat crustaceans, they eat, reference back, um, they also eat insects, they eat fish. Um, they are nocturnal hunters. They come out at night, they sit on their rocks, and then they find what they need to find, and then they hunt that way. Um, even though they are omnivores, they eat a mix of everything, they are, they lean more towards being carnivores. Funny thing about it, they hunt, um, it's not just in the water, they are amphibians, so they can come out anyway, but they hunt between the water and land, and then they also eat some semi-aquatic animals as well, so they, being that they are the biggest frog and the largest frog out there in the world, they do eat other smaller frogs, so watch out, they coming. One, two, okay. Anyway, that's a little bit about their diet. Um, as far as behavior, this is where it got a little bit spotty. Just a little. So from what I found, which wasn't a lot about their behavior, the younger ones stay in the water more. They're more active. Of course, they're younger. You know, the older people like to chill out and relax. The young people's like, what can we get into tonight? So they stay more in the water, um, underwater, they come out occasionally, but the older ones are the most, are commonly seen on the rocks and basking and relaxing. They're enjoying retirement. Okay. Um, so that's what I could find from there. As far as mating, they do not make any mating calls. Sometimes the male will make a, like he'll open his mouth and make a whistling sound, but that's about as much as I found there, uh, for when it comes to like mating reproduction behavior they also from what i can remember they're also mostly solitary animals um most of the time when they're relaxing they're hunting they are on their own that's what it means to be solitary and yeah it don't sound like they're very active um frog species or that they do anything crazy outside of your typical frogs they just live their best life anyway Going on specifically to mating. So if you are not familiar with the frog life cycle, the eggs are laid. They eventually become tadpoles. They go out and they become a frog. That's, that's, I'm trying to simplify it, but that's pretty much the life cycle. Egg, tadpole, metamorphosis, which is they change, they develop their legs and their heads and their gills. And boom, you got a frog. Easy bake oven style. So... The way that mating happens is <clears throat> two animals get together. They mate that little tadpole baby, and that's it. That's how life goes. It's not that simple. It's, it's that simple, but it's not that simple. They, female and the male, meet up. But when that happens, the males wrestle over the female. So unlike other frog species, this species make nests. They make nests out of gravel. Um, they also make nests out of, um, I'm blanking here. They also make nests out of rocks. 
there's been different theories to this. Some was, um, some scientists were saying it's a protection factor, lest I guess other animals or predators can get in and get to the nest where the eggs are laid. Um, some other scientists said it's because the streams and the, um, the streams and the waterfalls, and that's why they make nests because, you know, all the pressure and the movement from the water is less likely that the eggs, I guess, will get washed away or damaged or hurt or whatever the case may be. Um, another theory as to why Goliath frogs have to be so big is because they are making nests with gravel and rocks. They are moving these, they are forming it and making a strong household for their family. Um, so it is said that when they make their nest, they find their female and then they wrestle with other males to get their female. Cause this is mine. You ain't going to take mine. It's kind of like that concept. Like, look, we can fight over her. How so I many humans do that too, but regardless, that's what they do. And then the females lays all their thousands of eggs. They say, you are the father. I choose you. They lay all their eggs. And then what? Here we go, people. They leave. Get drop that egg, drop their rock, then leave. Um, yeah, they leave. Uh frogs are not great parents. Tadpoles are on their own. Okay. They are left to their own defense to do what they need to do to survive. It kind of reminds me of turtles have a similar um they have a similar concept where turtles hatch or lay not hatch, lay their eggs on the beach and it's up to the babies to make it to the water. So it's kind of that concept with tadpoles. The there's hundreds of eggs laid, and then um, yeah, then the mom and dad leave, saying we're on to do what we want to do. And then the tadpoles have to find their own food and defend for themselves, and hopefully make it till adulthood. So yeah, the only thing about that, I wouldn't say the only thing, but the reason why they probably you only probably find these frogs. Um, in this area and they are originally from this area because the tadpoles supposedly are very picky eaters they will only eat certain plants and certain foods and it's typically only in that area i know you're probably asking well what about the ones that get um uh, transported or like the ones that's in zoos they have adapted most likely or maybe they feed them a similar diet i don't know i don't work there so this is all i can tell you from what i found uh moving on the lifespan, um, another thing that was inconsistent, for the most part, a lot of places said 15 to 20 years, roughly. And then I find it kind of funny because one place said, or one um, website said that, of course, like most animals, like they live longer in captivity um, because of better conditions and stuff like that. And you don't have your predators and everything and your other weather problems um but they say they live longer in captivity but then another website said they live longer in the wild so i don't know i really it, that would kind of shock me but maybe there's a reason or something that goes on in the wild that helps them live longer i'm not really sure or the food who knows i don't know which one's right for sure there's other sites that didn't even have a life expectancy listed so listed so take that as you will um <laughs> i can't i don't know i can't tell you but either way um the, the life expectancy is about roughly i guess 15 years and the conservation status at this point is in danger 
Um, you have a number of reasons, but I guess y'all could probably guess the number one reason, like most of the animals we've talked about in the podcast is humans. Number one reason a lot of the frogs are endangered is because of humans, either directly or indirectly. Directly, these frogs are gourmet meals. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum, yum. Frog legs, if you ever had them. Um, it's, I mean, they're gourmet. I, in the South, I'm in the U.S. In the U.S., in the South, a lot of people eat frog legs, so that's not new. But also in other countries, a lot of people eat frog legs. And could you imagine, like, it would take 10 frogs maybe to feed this family versus one six to seven pound frog that could feed a family. Come on now. It, that meat lasts a lot longer. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that's why this Goliath frog, this big frog, is a bigger catch than like just a small frog. Um, so that is the big thing for poachers. It is illegal to hunt them, but do you think poachers listen? Look, it's about that chiching, the money, the money in demand that speaks over the law sometimes for some people. Um, on going on with that is outside of gourmet meal outside of eating the frog people also take these frogs for frog hopping contests these frogs are captured and deported or transported sorry captured and transported to the u.s because people have contests for frog hopping so i guess people that really want to win buy these exquisite frogs to win a contest i don't know if the prize outweighs the destruction that they're doing to their environment or the species but to each his own. That's the other reason for humans directly affecting it. Now you have indirectly, like, of course, deforestation, humans tearing down um, forests for properties and for lumber and all these other reasons that come up. So you have that reason as well that people do that. And that's kind of an indirect, I guess, consequence. Um, also with that, when deforestation happens and when humans are clearing out the lands or whatever the case may be you have the soil soils change chemicals change um and the soil start going more into the streams and disrupting the breeding ground and the eggs and all that jazz that's what i found so then that's a problem as well and then of course habitat change uh frogs play such a big such such a big role in the ecosystem because everything's part of the circle of life every single thing uh, for the most part. I mean, humans, not typically. But when it comes to animals, they all play a role in the circle of life. They all play a role in the pyramid. For frogs, if you are to take frogs out of the picture, you're not, you're hurting, you're hurting the predators that are hunting them, like the birds or the snakes or whatever the case, because they rely on these animals to eat. They rely on these animals to survive. So, when we're messing up one part of the food chain, you're in turn affecting many other animals without even knowing it. Same thing with the prey. When that predator is no longer there to eat them, you might have an increase in prey there. or You might change the way um, the environment or how much land that prey covers because now they're abundant or whatever the case may be. Um, so just think about that. Whenever we take... It's like taking a piece out of a puzzle and trying to move it or trying to take that piece away. The puzzle will never be complete. You have changed the puzzle. You can't have a complete puzzle. You can't force another, um, force another puzzle. You can't force another puzzle piece to fix there, fit there. It would not work. 
that was just real jumbled right there but y'all i think y'all got the message anyway we're coming on to the end of it the fun facts whoop 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 the best part of the podcast in my opinion um but all of it's great i'm not gonna say that all of it's great all of it is very um educational and interesting but anyway, this is the best part where a lot of people come for stuff that you might didn't know or stuff that you can take to your friends and family and say, hey, I know something you don't know. Here they go. So the first one, frogs have been around for over 250 million years before the dinosaurs. So they've been around a long time. So the fact that they're in danger now, they have made it, okay? They have made it a very long time. Specifically, again, there's some spottiness and resources and everything but specifically they said this frog has been there for over 250 million years i don't know but that's what i found um i think that's amazing most stuff that was here before the dinosaurs or during the dinosaurs of course are not here anymore the world has changed so much since then humans have changed so much and destroyed a lot of stuff since then um so i think that's a pretty cool fact that you can take to anyone another one these frogs are mute Yes, I said earlier, they open their mouth, they can make it like a little whistling sound. I don't know if it's from breathing or just like however it comes out. But they're actually mute frogs. And this is because they don't have vocal sacs. So they don't croak. They don't do no ribbit or nothing like that. Um, Yeah, they're such big frogs, but they're silent. So pretty neat fact. And the last one, which is why they might take them for this reason. But the last fact, they can jump up to 10 feet high i could understand if i had like a couple thousand dollar on the line for a contest i can see why they're capturing them and bringing them for contest because at 10 feet high no one's gonna be that frog you're automatically gonna win like i said is it worth the trouble of ruining that environment and you know inhumane acts i don't think so but i could understand it I could understand the reason behind it. But yeah, they can jump up to 10 feet pretty high. I think, I don't know from what I found if that was the highest jump for a frog, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Anyway, thank you for sticking with it to the end. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you. Once again, every Friday, a new episode drops. Unless I say otherwise, you can find this podcast if you're listening on all major platforms, Spotify, Buzzsprout, iHeart, uh, Radio, Apple Music, or wherever you find your podcast. And um, yeah, that's all I have for y'all today. Don't miss out next week. I have something good for y'all. I will be going over myself to start off the new year, who I am, how I got into animals, and what makes me, I guess, unique but also my experiences in the animal field. I will be giving you all my personal experiences from being a vet assistant, from working at a sanctuary, from going to Costa Rica um, to study primates. I'll spill it all in one big episode so y'all can get a feel. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. And if you have any feedback or anything you want to say, follow me on Wildlife Wonders Podcast all one word wildlife wonders with an s on instagram message me there comment there interact there and i look forward to speaking with y'all again soon bye